It's time for Larry No Sports. My guests tonight, representing the Cleveland Cavaliers, Evil Ethan Jack. Representing the state of Texas that has sent zero teams to the playoffs this year. <laughs> John And representing the New York Knicks, yours truly, Larry. p.m. 2023. I always forget the year, but it's 2023. The year that the Knicks are relevant. The year they are playing the Cleveland Cavaliers in the 4-5 seed. Heavily awaited and uh, enthusiastically awaited as it seems like it might be the most fun, most entertaining series of the first round. And we're going to get to all of that. But first... Do you hear that? Do you hear that? That do you hear the sounds of the Luka Doncic clock ticking <laughs> in <laughs> Dallas? Uh, oh my mark. God! They have fucked up everything this season. And congratulations, <laughs> you got the ten pick. Congratulations, you you, you tanked in the most ostentatious possible way. We were talking on they Friday. They still could get jumped. They still could get jumped, a 20% yeah. chance, and that would be more... That would be not even enough of what they deserve, this fucking team. I hate I hate Mark Cuban so much. <laughs> and every all the reputation that goes along with him, people think he's this great businessman. He hasn't done shit since the late 90s. He's a TV personality, and his Mavs suck. They haven't made a good move since trading up for Luka Doncic. A great move. And all right, you traded for Chris Stapp's Porzingis, which at the time was probably a pretty good move, a good gamble. But it didn't work. It worked out terribly. And then this year you panicked. They would have, if, if they had stayed the same, they probably don't fall to number 10. They probably at least make the play-in. If they didn't make this trade for for a for an openly anti-Semitic player, who's the most problematic player, who they're now forced to sign for a four or maybe five year max, they would have had four picks to trade this offseason, four unprotected future picks to trade. But they decided to trade away all their defense and trade the twenty twenty nine pick which is the worst possible pick they could have traded because coming up, you have the 24 through 30 picks available to trade. And with now 24 or 25, maybe 24 and 25 become available because maybe the pick, they get jumped as they should. So if that happens, they could trade 27 and 25 or 26 and 24. They can't trade three more picks in addition to the 129 pick. If they had traded, say, the 2028 pick, they would have had three available. 
But no, now they only have two available. So it's either two future unprotected picks or one future unprotected pick and then this year's number 10 pick or this year's number two pick, God forbid, or number one pick. But probably this year's number 10 pick and a future pick for what? That's that's two picks. You maybe get Zach Levine there. Zach Levine and Kyrie and Luca. That that's gonna fix your defensive problems. You gonna keep Jason Kidd around as coach? I assume they're gonna fire him. Uh, Luca can't be happy. He wanted to play, but they rested all their players. He's, he he made a th- thing saying if we if we still have a chance to make the playoffs, we should go for it. But they played him a quarter on Slovenian appreciation night. That is disrespectful not, to the country of Slovenia. That's Slovenian. not appreciating Slovenians to bench your uh, guy. Well, fuck them, and hopefully they get... You know what? I'm glad. It gives me something to look forward to on lottery night. I could feel like I won the lottery. All right, enough I mean, about first that. of all, you already did. They fumbled the bag on Brunson, and now look at what he's doing. You're absolutely right. And yeah, thanks for reminding me, because I forgot to say, he also stood up and cried about how Rick Brunson ruined the negotiations, which... All reporting shows that he was not completely forthcoming about the timeline, Mark Cuban, that is, when, when going off on this, this rant. Uh, and he forgot to mention that before Brunson's free, uh, expiring year started, he had the chance to extend him for four years, $56 million, which would be the bargain of bargains, which probably would have kept them as one of the, the better teams in the Western Conference. But they didn't even offer Especially it. Especially this Western Conference. Yeah. And they didn't offer it. So cry more, Mark Cuban. <laughs> and go fuck yourself. And <laughs> that's that's my pitch for Shark Tank. <laughs> that Mark Cuban goes fucked and fucks himself on TV. That's my idea. I think he'll say he's out on that. All right. Well, maybe the other, maybe <laughs> Mr. Nice Guy or whatever his name is. Will be Mr. In. Wonderful. Come on. <laughs> that was Paul Orndorff. All right. You can't be. Yeah. The second wonderful. Paul Orndorff was Mr. Wonderful. Good sports call, John. When you make yeah. enough money. Come on. You can buy any nickname you want. And that's like, that's like Ladanian Tomlinson taking LT. Mm-hmm. Like Ladanian Tomlinson. A great, great running back. Not Lawrence effing Taylor. Right. Come on. You can't usurp that. I think at least Ladanian Tomlinson, it's not his fault that his initials are LT. Right? True. So he's allowed. It's like it's like copywriting something, but if your name is Playboy Magazine, you're allowed to call yourself (laughs) Playboy Magazine. Also, I've, I've, there's pretty much no instance where an athlete making their nickname just their initials. Like, the only time that's ever been cool was, like, AK-47 when Andre <laughs> Kierlico. Like or... That was, all right, like, that makes sense. That's a, that's a fun one. But, like, otherwise, it's just like, okay, your initials, like, give me the big ticket. Like, give me a real nickname. Mm-hmm. Or the big unit. Yeah. I mean, to a lesser extent, playoff P. That was like, you know, <laughs> no, yeah. no, that didn't work either. But he redeemed himself. Right. Along with AK-47, I mean, one, a nickname that 
probably not great, but uh, Austin Reeves is number 15, so he's AR-15. Oh, jeez Louise. Yeah. Whew. All right. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. On that note. All right, let's talk Cavs and Knicks. Ethan, how are you feeling heading into this series? Well, I'm feeling great. I feel like, uh, first of all, like you said, it's the matchup that people are looking forward to the most in the first round, those four or five matchups. That's where anything can happen. And uh, this is a fun one because, you know, Knicks, great offensive team. Uh, they got they got Tibbs. They got Brunson. Hopefully Randall can play. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of excitement there. And, like, getting to play in MSG and having it, like, this is, this is going to be a big opportunity, uh, you know, assuming they don't fall in their face or whatever. Uh, my boys, the Cavs, uh, this, is a, this is a huge opportunity for them to, like, show off on the national stage because if you're playing against the Knicks in the playoffs, everybody's going to be looking at what's going on here. And, uh, you know, obviously the storyline for Mitchell is, like, this is the team that didn't trade for me. Time to show out. Um, Mobley and Darius Garland both making their debuts in the playoffs, like, this is this is uh this is really exciting and I'm sure that like even a you know even after game one even if even if we win game one I'm still gonna be like I'm gonna go from like oh the Knicks they're fun and that, that'll be an interesting series so like I hate these guys I hope Josh Hart dies like <laughs> I'm I'm ready to uh, I'm sure I'll be turning fast when uh when it gets frustrating but you know that's playoff basketball baby I feel the same uh John do you have any yeah, what's your gut telling you who's going to win this series? Cleveland. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I mean, if Randall were coming in 100%, I would probably still go Cleveland, but I would have to really think about it. I like what I've seen from the Knicks. I think they've been playing well. I just think, I think Cleveland's too good. I think Donovan Mitchell is just too good in the playoffs. Like he's not last he's year. A, not last year. He kind of checked out yeah. last year, um, but but man, I think I think he can bring it, and I think the Cavs are going to win it. And I also, I honestly, I don't even I don't even know if it'll be the most compelling first round matchup because you think know. it'll be a blowout. No, just or... because I don't think anyone thinks either of those teams is going another round. That's true, but it'll still be. I think it'll be. Yeah, on its own, it'll be the most fun series. But I guess it's it's not. It probably doesn't have the juice that. of like Phoenix versus Clippers. See, that's the thing. I think Phoenix Clippers is is so juicy because you know when Kawhi plays, they were awesome, and when if George is back, playoff P. But then Durant is back now, and who knows? It's. I feel like I that one. He's like eight and zero as a son. Like when he actually has played, they have not lost yet. Yeah, something like that. But also they have no they have no depth, right? They traded away all their depth. I, I feel yeah. like they're, they're beatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and the Clippers have nothing but depth. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that's the most compelling one to yeah. me. And, and, and I I think that's a fair point. I also think uh, and like I mean the Kawhi versus Durant matchup is compelling, and these are two guys that have seen everything going at each other here. And, uh, but I think like with Cavs Knicks, you're talking about two very young teams. And so it's, uh, 
there's uh there's just like limitless possibilities it feels like uh like who like who's gonna show out who's gonna be the star like you know who the stars are in phoenix and in uh for the clippers um whereas like obviously you're expecting big from mitchell and, and brunson but like who's who's gonna step up because these are not you know the the battle-hardened squads um that some of these playoff teams are um but yeah it it's I, I'm I'm excited for the first round in in general, um, especially because like after that, like you said, like in it, the 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 top three teams in the East are just so rough, and I'm just not not seeing us getting that far. But um, this is where we can like okay, here's here's where we make a bit of a mark, and possibly going into the next year, even you know, seeing if we can take the furthest step from that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I hear you from a young from a young up and comers and seeing guys get their feet wet in the playoffs and, you know, make their initial marks with the exception of Mitchell. I, I think it's definitely it's definitely compelling. I know it'll be fun and evenly matched, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I give the Cavs a slight edge, but yeah, yeah I, I think the Knicks especially have they have an advantage on their bench there. They they have depth. They have uh, a lot of good energy guys. Um Whereas I feel like the Cavs are still like the end of their rotation, still trying to kind of figure out who who slots in. Um, Dean Wade was getting minutes again. Not sure if he'll be in the rotation. Okoro is like kind of coming back from injury himself. So like how, you know, is he going to be limited? And he, he could, if he is playing, you know, he's going to be key to like being at the point of attack against Brunson. Um, yeah, he would be but, on Brunson for sure. But uh, yeah, but the, like the the bench advantage with New York uh, definitely makes things interesting because uh, you have, I think both coaches JB and Tibbs are both known for like tight rotations, playing people lots of minutes, um, and so it's like where where can you find help in the margins? Right. So starting out, I mean, their their starting five is obviously Mitchell, Garland, Okoro at the three, right? Then the yeah. twin towers of Jared Allen and Mobley, um, and then yeah, who do you think from the the bench there is going to be part of the playoff rotation? I mean, Levert for sure. He's had a really good uh, back half of the season since since All Star break and the trade deadline. I feel like the pressure's come off him a bit, and he's played at a higher level on defense and. Uh, and he's accepted his role very well this season. And like, he was mostly known as being like a mid range create for himself kind of guy before, whereas now he's more willing to take the three pointers and, uh, and focus on the defensive end. He's, he's, he's definitely in there. Um, as, and I think Rubio's in there. It's the question of how much he's going to be able to give us. He's still coming back from that injury and, uh, it's you know a long-term project to get back to to where you were, or at least as as close as you can get. Um, and he's had flashes, and he's and he's you know contributed to good basketball, but he has not statistically made much of uh, an impact. Um, so I, th- but I think those are are the first two guys, and then it's like, okay, is it is it Lamar Stevens? Is it Dean Wade? Uh, you know, Jetty Osman is a guy that if he's hot. That's fun, but he has a he usually has a short leash because he's not defensively as strong. Um, so, 
Uh, I'm not sure which it's kind of like between those three guys, like who's, who steps up mm-hmm. and uh, is able to contribute like meaningful minutes. Would Kevin Love get some real run big. if he were still there? <laughs> Sorry, well, I know Kevin he Love? fell out of the rotation, but if Kevin Love had stuck around, do you think this is the time when they unwrap him? I think he's. I think he's in the slot that that Danny Green. He would have been in the slot that Danny Green is in now. Where it's like, okay, we have a shooter, we have another guy that we can, you know, maybe put out there as an X factor. Um, but I don't think at this point he'd be like solidly back in the rotation. And I think it's because JB prioritizes defense so much that, uh, you know, when it was, a, it was a good stretch where Love was just not hitting from outside, was recovering from like a thumb injury, and it was he was just becoming less and less useful, unfortunately. Um, and I wish he had just stuck around to be like that, like, uh, you know, like, oh, like uh, we have foul trouble and now we got we to gotta throw somebody in uh would have loved for you know kevin old man kevin love come off the bench and hit a hit a couple key threes or something that would have been really fun to watch but um and maybe maybe danny green ends up being being that guy has is maybe (laughs) has danny green been part of the rotation no no he's just been he's been getting some minutes in the last few games uh because we're not playing anybody (laughs) um but he's played well in those minutes and like he's we we just have no shooting like we especially on our bench like we just do not have reliable shooters so if there is a situation where like we're just desperate for it um i feel like his number could get called and he's a you know what a three-time champion he's he's gonna be ready when the time comes uh but we'll see yeah the play the playoffs are great in that like you can't have somebody who either can't shoot or is just defensively such a vulnerability. Like, if, if you have someone who can't shoot, which I'm sure Okoro's actually been shooting pretty well this year under the radar, but Brunson's probably going to be covering him um, as Brunson's the weakest perimeter defender in the Knicks starting unit, even though he's not not terrible. But he'll probably be leaving Okoro open and helping as much as possible. And yeah, Okoro's whole role is I'm going to get to the corner. Yeah. That's a shot I've been practicing and practicing. And he takes the open shot and he has hit him at a at an increasingly good clip throughout the season. Um, he doesn't have a lot of versatility in terms of like moving around the perimeter. So like he, he's not, it's not going to space the floor much. Brunson is going to keep cheating off of him for sure. Because if Okoro is the one beating you, you're going to probably let that happen as opposed to Garland or Mitchell or Mobley. Right. Especially um, with Donovan Mitchell's slash and kick ability. Yeah. It's and just obviously it worked out at the, I don't know if you saw that Nets game where Okoro hit like the game winner. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. And I hope that that like helped his confidence even further to like be able to do things in the big moments in the playoffs. But, um, but it's definitely, it's, you know, uh, He's becoming a reliable shooter, but he's not like a movement shooter or a sharpshooter at this point. Um, but, you know, if he's not hitting his open shots, then that is only going to collapse the defense on us even more, which, you know, hopefully hopefully he is able to step up there. Let's talk about um, Cleveland's defense, which is number one in the NBA. Um, <laughs> the best rim protection in the NBA, maybe second best rim protection behind Memphis. But 
definitely up there in the upper echelons. Milwaukee too, yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee too. And yeah, I mean, Brunson has an ideal skill set against that because he's really good at breaking down defenses. He's really good at getting close to the rim, even into the mid, and he's a good mid-range shooter and has a great floater game, which is kind of what you need against those bigs who aren't going to let you get to the rim. They just got to be able to do that, maybe do some, and be able to move the ball around. And with ball movement being key against a team like Cleveland and their defense, there's a part of me that just, I know the ceiling is higher with Randall there, but there is a part of me that doesn't want him to come back. And that's partly just because I don't like him, but <laughs> as a basketball player, he's just, he's, he's very talented. He's just, he's a little bit of a ball stopper, which mm-hmm. uh, the Knicks have been so great at pushing the pace lately and on trans in transition and like going, you know, getting outside shooting. Their outside shooting has been as good as it's been all season lately from Grimes and quickly and Obi Toppin as well. Um, between and then when you have quickly and um, Brunson together as two ball handling options, two guys who are great slashers with great floater games, who can also kick it out to a guy like Grimes, it's a dynamic offense and it's it's really been fun to watch. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And Randall is a little is a is a is a negative on defense, but I mean so is Obi Toppin. But they'll probably be playing a lot with Josh Hart at the four. I think you're always going to have two of besides their starting lineup, two of Grimes, Hart, and quickly on the floor, especially when Garland and Mitchell are both there. So I don't know. I I, I think RJ. This is another topic. I think RJ is. Um, he's going to really have to earn his minutes here because he's he's been a little bit of a liability on defense this year. He can't shoot, and then maybe has lost confidence in his shooting. He's good at getting to the rim, but that he's probably going to have trouble with that. Especially he's not all that crafty at the rim. So I I I I think in their crunch time lineups. They're going to go with Grimes or Hart and, and quickly, of course, over over RJ. I just hope, um, yeah, I hope we get the best version of Randall or no Randall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on, on Josh Hart, first of all, like, I, I just think he's a great pickup because he's like a relentless energy type of guy. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like, since getting traded to the Knicks, he's shooting over like 50% from three. Yeah. He's just like been lights out, um, which like on a, on a similar volume as before, but now it's like so much more valuable. Um, and uh, so th- that's a guy that I'm, I I would imagine like making it into that, that crunch time lineup. And, uh, and I think like to your point, like pushing the pace is going to be very good for the Knicks because the Cavs whole game is going to be grinded to a halt all game long because that's what they've done all seasons long is have one of the, the slowest paces in the league if not the slowest i haven't i haven't checked recently but for a, a good portion of the season it was the slowest um which seems odd with two dynamic guards but ultimately it's just like the the, the focus is on the defensive end grinding grinding teams down and making the best use of our bigs 
Um, and I think in crunch time, the biggest issue for the Cavs will be um, executing because that has been a struggle uh, when it comes to like clutch moments. Um, there've been a lot of close losses. And I think one big key is like, how does Mobley get involved? Because if it's, you know, Mitchell or Garland trying to do hero ball that hasn't resulted in uh, great stuff uh, when, when time is running out. Um, whereas like when, uh, when Mobley's number has been called, he's looked really good. And I think just having a, a more dynamic offense instead of like isolating and hoping for the best, because we happen to have the best player on the floor, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta give a little something more than that, I think, but. All right, so what's what's uh what's your final prediction for this series? My my heart has been at <laughs> Cavs in five. I think um I'm gonna be upset when it gets extended longer, <laughs> but like I do think we do have uh the better talent at the top. I think we have a better defensive team, and I think that our play style is better suited for the playoffs. Um, I think coaching and bench wise, the advantage is with the Knicks, but, um, I prefer keeping the optimistic route with it. Um, and, uh, I'll also just throw in that, uh, I think, uh, it's looking like Evan Mobley is going to be like, probably at least like top three in the deep way voting, which I just got to say, I just wanted to shout that out because, yeah. um, that's uh, that's amazing for a second year player, and I think he uh, deserves all that praise. Do you have him as your depoy? Oh yeah, I'm incredibly biased. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> if I had a vote, I would. It would be him, and then maybe I'd leave the rest of the ballot empty just to right. help boost him further. Um, it's probably going to Jaron Jackson, but if you're going to make the case for Mobley, it'd be leads in defensive win shares on the number one defense. And he plays a lot more minutes yeah. than Jackson, which is because of he's been out for some of the year and also he fouls a lot. Um, but I mean, if you look at the numbers of when he does play, he has been absolutely incredible, obviously. John, what's your prediction for this matchup? Uh, I think I'll take the the wuss pick and say uh Cavs in six. Okay. Oh yeah, the Knicks will get one here and one there, and yeah, I think um, I don't think the Cavs are enough better to sweep them, and I don't. I feel like if the Knicks can get one, they can get two. I think mm-hmm. they um, they're tough enough, and they've been playing well enough. Um, so yeah, I'll go with six. And yeah. you know what, the Cavs are. Like a, they, I think they're like a couple games under five hundred on the road. Knicks have a winning road record, mm. so that's another, that's another feather in that cap. Another, another way they can uh, seek advantages. Well, I'm not a wuss, so I'm going with Knicks and six. <laughs> totally shows courage on my part. Uh, no homerism at all. Mm-mm. I, I, I think. The Knicks have just steadily gotten better throughout the season. Um, I mean, obviously, Cleveland's very talented, but Brunson is 
worthy of an all NBA spot. Randall, very good, might be an all NBA player. I think quickly is is the six moy. And um I can see it. I, I just he, he's I wasn't I actually wasn't a huge quickly fan going into this year, but just like seeing how he's improved this game and especially on defense and both him and Brunson are just these guys that I trust with the ball in their hands in like the last minute of the game. And they're so good at breaking down the defense. There's just such great movement, great shooting now with Grimes and Toppin uh, and Hart even as an outside shooter. He'll probably get the Okoro treatment and have to prove himself as a shooter. I love this team. I love their depth. Uh, I I have qu- a little bit of qualms with some of Tibbs's rotation decisions and how many minutes he plays a guy, even in these garbage games at the end of the season against Indiana. Indiana that mean nothing. He's still playing like top in forty minutes. It's crazy, but I think he's a great coach and he's. He's shown himself to not be good at making in-game adjustments and maybe even in-series adjustments, but I trust him in this series. And I think um, I think they'll figure out a way to get open threes, and I think their defense will, will give the Cavs problems. The Cavs' defense is obviously going to be excellent, but he, he's going to scheme something to try to make Mitchell work for it as much as possible. And we're going to, it's going to be an interesting series. I think we're going to see some pouting RJ when he doesn't get playing time, the playing time he hopes to get. That's the, so that's maybe a negative for the Knicks, but I think their bench is strong enough that they're going to put something good together. And Brunson's going to go all out. You know that. So I'm taking Knicks in six. All right. I hope you look like a fucking idiot when this is over. Yeah. <laughs> I hope like I hope it's the second round. You know, the <laughs> Knicks are tied one one against against Milwaukee. And uh they have the lot it's lottery night, which they usually do during the second or third round. And I'm just sipping on I'm gonna sip on some sweet tea while while I watch the Mavs get jumped. <laughs> All right. Do you, do you, if if Cleveland advances, what do you yes. think they do? You think they at least have a shot against Milwaukee? Um, or or there. or Atlanta. <laughs> if it's Atlanta, we got no shot. But Milwaukee, not if they're healthy. I don't. I don't yeah. see it. Like, um, if you know one of their, you know, top four guys goes down, then it becomes interesting. But even then, like, uh, obviously Giannis is, uh, on another level and then they have, uh, a number of guys that have been through it all. And like to be, to be that inexperienced against that much experience is just a really tall task. Um, let alone just like the, you know, the amount of depth and shooting and defense that they have available for them. Like, it's just, I like I just don't see it. Mm. Um, which is, uh, you know, taking off the optimistic glasses, I guess. But um, yeah, 
And I'm not rooting for anyone to go down because that's not a fun way to win anyway. It is if you're playing the Mavs or Porzingis. <laughs> uh, but so it's funny, yeah, it's funny how five years, five years makes such a difference, right? <laughs> five years ago, the Cavs were like the most experienced playoff hmm. team and the Bucks were like the least experienced coming in, right? And now it's like completely changed. And... Yeah, it's it's uh it's crazy. The NBA moves fast. Yeah. Yeah. I would I mean I think it wouldn't be totally crazy if the Cavs beat the the Bucks, but I wouldn't pick it. It would be. You think it would yes. be crazy? I, it would be it would be totally crazy and if it happened I'd be running through the streets. Like that'd be, that'd be <laughs> so like yeah, that would be an overachievement. Like to get to the second round, I feel like meets the bar for what the expectation was going into the season. Getting to 50 wins was like, all right, yeah. we met the bar. We feel good. Win a, win a playoff series. Let's do it. We got that. This is what we put the chips in for Mitchell for. Um, so the like, so losing the Knicks would be a disappointment, but not catastrophic. Um, but game, but like beating the Bucks would be like at that point. It's like, why can't we win it all? Which is yeah. I like. I I'd be absolutely gobsmacked if if they managed to make. Let alone win win the finals. But if we could be if we beat the Bucks, that'd be like any literally anything could happen because yeah. that was uh, that's just it's not in the cards. <laughs> yeah, I I I mean the Knicks are playing beyond what was expected of them, um, and a loss would not mean it's a failure of a season. I I just I don't want to see them get swept or or lose yeah. four to one in in a pretty lopsided series i want to see them put up a fight in every game and hopefully it's a long series and i think it and i think it will be and i think um regardless of who wins we win no um regardless of who wins i think this is going to be a great series for the players on both teams in that they're going to get some playoff experience there are a lot of young players who don't have much playoff experience and and it's going to be great for the development of those players. a lot of guys with a lot to prove yeah and I think it's going to make for some really entertaining basketball. Yeah. Um, but it's very entertaining. The basketball is very entertaining, but it's not as entertaining. Sports is not as entertaining as fashion. Wouldn't you agree? Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. Yeah. So, I mean, you agree so much that you have decided <laughs> to prepare a presentation for us. Well, you know, I just... Wanted to talk about uh, the Jersey matchup that is also happening here because obviously it's not just a battle between people. It's a battle between the clothing they wear. Uh, and uh, the Cavs and Knicks have, uh, are at a very different place aesthetically, I would say. The Cavs, their new uh, uniforms this year are very stripped down and minimalist. Uh, I think they're trying to be like ahead of some fashion curve with that. And I feel like it's a little bit simple. Like we can maybe throw some stripes on there or something. Mm -hmm. This um, is the light. But the Knicks, ones, of course. Yeah, yeah got it. <laughs> and uh, the Knicks, of course, you know, have uh, the, at least their primary jerseys are fairly close to their their classic look. Um, so the the first thing I have here is what I what I hope to see, which is let's let's have the classic Knicks in blue against the Cavs in their white jerseys, which I think. Uh, look nice and have a good uh, good amount of uh, wine and gold, at least in the logos and numbers there. Um, and uh, 
if you go to the next slide. Well, just stop on this yeah. slide for a second. Yeah. I do want to say this, the the regular, the blue jersey with the orange font is mm. is my favorite Knicks jersey. It's the best one. I mean, it's it's classic. It's it's beautiful. I I love the bright colors and uh, I think uh, the white the white versus blue is a you know I, there's so much uniform chaos in yeah. the NBA these days and uh, to just have an, a classic playoff matchup would be very nice and uh, I think it's the next slide that would have um, yeah <laughs> so this season we did play in this matchup and it looks nice you know the i think especially you know in cleveland you're gonna have uh you know the knicks in their what would normally be a road jersey until they have the nike speak make it whatever the word is like association or whatever mm-hmm. um and it's a good look and I'm, and I'm looking forward to how it's gonna look under the lights at msg um the theater lighting is uh is a gorgeous uh gorgeous thing um and is i think this, next is, is this your favorite Cavs jersey of their current lineup of the current lineup um and like like you look at it, it's like there's not much there it's like there's a name there's a number you can barely see even the swoosh um there's like nothing on the pants uh and like i'm not uh i'm not in love with the current look but um Part of it, you know, you know, there's one thing to like zoom in and see the details, but there's another thing to like zoom out and look at what's on the court and to have, uh, you know, big bold colors is is uh, uh, works as well. And I think uh, that's where that the blue against the white will be um, will be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the next slide, I believe, yeah, this is something I expect to see, which is not anything that excites me. Most NBA teams have a black jersey at this point, and there seems to be a big love for white versus black matchups. I think aesthetically, especially on in terms of like the zoomed out game, it's uh, fairly boring. Um, and it's not like aesthetically ugly. I don't think they're ugly jerseys. I think this uh, one, the left, yeah. the, the New York, the New York black jersey is ugly. I think. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I respect that opinion. I feel like. Uh, a little homage to like the nineties and aughts Knicks is not too bad. Um, and like, I don't know. They're like, we've, we've talked before about some of the city jerseys they've had that are mm-hmm. not my cup of tea, but like, I don't mind that black Jersey. I just don't need to see it in the series. The Knicks have a home and road that is, uh, perfect and represents, uh, a historic franchise. No need to, to mess yeah. around. So this is the black statement Jersey for the Cavs. Are you a fan of yes. that one? Um, I think it's, I like it well enough. It's uh, hearkening to the 2016 championship uh, jersey where uh, there was a big C on that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't mind seeing them in black in the in the stripped down look. Um, it just, again, like on the zoom out, if you're, if you're doing white versus black, it's, it's not going to be that exciting. Um, but again, not, a, not an ugly matchup. Um, and I think the next slide is, um is seeing we uh this season have played that matchup as well i expect to see it because you know i think if players especially like putting on the black it makes it makes them feel cool um which i get um but like it's uh i think it, it could be prettier <laughs> as we talk about mm-hmm. sports um and then uh i also it, for anyone 
that is a fan of Larry, but uh, is not aware that in the 80s and early 90s, the Cavs cosplayed as the Knicks for a while. There are some potential matchups that I think would be really fun, like a 80s throwback of some classic New York blue against the Cavs in orange. Um, I do really love that orange Cavs jersey, even though it's silly that they chose those colors for mm-hmm. like a decade. Um, and if we want to get even more confusing, we can go to the next slide. Let's just go wow. full blue on blue. Yeah. Just change the name <laughs> of the city on the jersey and see which team is better adept at seeing their teammates through through the field of blue. <laughs> and the refs. Let's see. Let's see how they yeah. deal with Let's that. Let's put them in blue too. Yeah. Uh, why not? And then, yeah, wow. so this is a throwback matchup that I think would be just so much fun. I love candy cane stripes. I just, I, I adore them. I love it when Marquette does it. I love it when Denver does it. I love it whenever the Cavs have done it. And uh, and I like New York's uh, old throwback. And I think the version that they made as a throwback jersey, I think in like 2015 or so, which is the one here, I think, um, I think it looks better than the uh actual jersey it was based on which like had very very thin stripes you know some people think it's a little garish or clownish i like it it's and i'm i'm wearing a yeah. jersey that was based on that candy cane stripe pattern so i um, do have a knicks people. jersey not this one but it does it's a it was a statement jersey for maybe four or five years ago dark blue and orange and blue candy cane striping. Did that not have the uh, like skyline on the side panel? Thing? It did. It did. Yeah. Okay. I like that one. Yeah, I, I like thought that, that was one of their better city, maybe their best city jersey. Not yeah. many and good like, ones. Normally, to from. Knicks don't need dark blue thrown in there, but I yeah. thought well executed. Their their current statement jersey is that dark blue color, and I think it actually right. works pretty well. And I and I don't think it looks bad, but. I don't need to see it in this series. I I would uh, I don't need to see the black either, as we discussed. But like, you know, the Knicks, you got your white, you got your blue. It's only seven games, and it's the playoffs. These are important games. I wish teams would like prioritize their iconic looks for these things. Yeah. Um, and just uh, speaking of this uh, '70s candy cane for the Cavaliers, <laughs> just a picture of Walt Clyde Frazier as a Cleveland Cavalier finishing his career in Cleveland as he was meant to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just throwing that in there. I I I I think uh just putting this slide in you're going to be ch- we're you're getting the Knicks to channel Clyde in his game 7 of the 70 finals. Double digit assists. I'm good with what it. What a legend. Um Awesome. Do the do the Cavs currently have a like a blue or like the one you're wearing or a red jersey they have a their road jersey is um is uh wine with yeah. like nothing else except a yeah bring that up it, it's uh this one there in the middle there yep so gold cleveland gold numbers uh and that's pretty much it um which again in a zoom out thing i could see that under the lights at msg looking good against the nixon white um, mm-hmm. but in terms of like, but if you are like zooming in and thinking about the details of the Jersey, there's a lot to be desired there, I'd say. Um, and then otherwise it's just the white, the wine, the black, and then their city Jersey is that the land, uh, with like the tan and light blue, which I'm 
I thought I thought that one was like decent as like a a one year thing. Um, but yeah, maybe they should wear these baseball jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Have a baseball night. Why not? Um, yeah, th- these are the basketball. These are their current statement jerseys, which right. I think look pretty good. Uh, my only problem is you just all statement jerseys have the Jumpman logo, and you can't have a right. Knicks jersey with a Michael Jordan silhouette on it. Yeah, I yeah, I like. It's weird that the Jumpman is uh, on like Michigan football uniforms, yeah. and it's weird to have uh, to have him commemorated on jerseys. Like, like yeah, like. Um, I don't know why the Heat retired his number, and I don't know why like the Cavs as well. Like you know, he was a heartbreaker back in the day on us. It's not not something you want to put put out there. All right. Well, I think that does it um, for Knicks versus Cavs. John, who are you predicting to come out of the West and the East? Um. I'm actually I think I think the Bucks are gonna take it in the East, even though some of those like power rankings or whatever give the Celtics just a massive, massive edge. Mm. I mean it's ridiculous. Some of the like like five thirty eight and the ringer both have power pulls like the Celtics are at thirty percent plus to win it all. Wow. It's 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 absolutely absurd. Um but I think the Bucks are. I think the Bucks have will have the easier. No offense, second round, and and so that should have. Not that I think the Sixers are for real, although as we've discussed, I'm holding on to hope that the city of Philadelphia can get a triple silver medal. Um, <laughs> but but I think I think the Bucks are coming out of the East and then out of the West. Man. I, I just I don't want it to be the Suns. I just I just don't, and um, so I'm not gonna pick them. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick um, I'm gonna pick the Nuggets. I feel like it's their year. I feel like they're gonna they're gonna finally get over the hump. There's enough craziness in the West that they can. Um, yeah, I think they can get through. They 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 played so well all year. They yeah. they deserve a breakthrough in the playoffs. So that's what I'm rooting for. Yeah, I I like the Nuggets as well. I'm taking Denver from the West. I do think it's their year. And I think they're going to be the only West team to have a relatively easy first-round matchup. Because everywhere else, it's going to be Memphis versus the Lakers probably. And the Lakers are playing their best basketball. It's going to be Sacramento versus Golden State. Who knows with Golden State how how in shape Wiggins will be, but you can't you can never count out the Warriors. And then obviously the four or five we talked about, Phoenix versus the Clippers is going to be tough for both teams. So I'll go with Denver there. And man, I hate to say the both number one seeds, Denver versus Milwaukee. <laughs> but it never happens that way. It so never it happens that of- way. So it is a good pick. You're right. Uh, I'll do it. <laughs> Denver versus Milwaukee. Going against the grain. <laughs> Ethan, who you got? Um, I think cynically, I want to say like a Boston Golden State rematch. <laughs> um, I like. I'm hoping not, but that's what my like. That's what I'm rooting against the hardest. Um, 
if I what I'm rooting for is Cavs versus Kings, mm. I would love to see the Kings make a deep run. Um, I have a bad feeling that they're going to get uh, their playoff. They're they're finally breaking the playoff curse just to like get uh, dog walked by the reigning champs. I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but I could see it absolutely. Um, but I think I think um, I think I'm also also going to double down on the on the Bucks with, or triple down on the Bucks with you guys, and uh, I could see the Suns. I don't know. I'm going to say maybe yeah. a Bucks Suns rematch, and. Uh, I'm not as bothered. Like I, I get it in terms of the personalities involved, but like, I don't mind it when like a, a, a franchise and a, and a, and a fan base, you know, finally, finally wins one. Um, so I, but I, I do understand the extenuating circumstances. There. Yeah. I, I also, I, I like Chris Paul, so I would like seeing him win one. Yeah. Um, not everybody feels that way. Yeah. 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 Well, I never had to, I never had to, he never, he never forced a ticky tack foul against me with his side to side swipe. So I'm okay. (laughs) He never did that to me. Um, you know, it's, it's so weird in the West, uh, who I'll be rooting for. Cause it's just kind of, I'll just find myself gravitating towards a team. Definitely not the Clippers. I, I do find myself rooting for the Suns a lot. And I hate to say it, I, I do find myself rooting for the Lakers, even though I don't <laughs> like the franchise. I just, I like when the best players are playing and playing well. And and I just, I like, I still like LeBron and watching him play. Same. Um, <laughs> yeah, they've up. got some. I mean. They do. It's yeah. But yeah. Memphis is for real. I think yeah. the Memphis's kryptonite is half court. And I feel like, the Lakers are going to just slow that thing down and it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I think LeBron has another level. He hasn't gone to yet this season that he could get to. And yeah. AD, AD, um, I want to do like quick, like back of the envelope, all NBA teams. Sure. All right. Thanks, Ethan. Um, (laughs) all right. So, so first team I'll go with, uh, yeah, I'll go with SGA, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, these are fairly straightforward picks. Tatum, Giannis, and Embiid. I'll co-sign that. Um, I, it's looking decent so far in the voting for Mitchell first team. Um, I mean, there's so many great guards um, but I really do hope he, he gets, he gets that slot. It would be, he'd only be the third Cav to do it after, uh, Mark Price and LeBron. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mark Price. John, any, any changes? Uh, to that I would, first I would go with, with that What I would probably swap Jokic for, for Embiid, but, um, either one's good. Okay. Um, I think we would both have the other of Jokic Embiid as the center on the second team, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here it gets interesting. Guards. I'll go with Luca and De'Aaron Fox. Forwards. I will go with Jimmy Butler and I'm going to go with AD. I know he didn't play a lot of games, but he was, he was dominant this season. 
And you, 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 I don't know, you know, it's, it's, I think he, he plays enough forward with another center. I don't know if he does actually play ever with another center on the court. Whatever. AD, I think, I think this season Davis has been primarily a center. Yeah. yeah. Do I have to put him at center? I don't know what he qualifies. For. Yeah. Really? That's a good question. Yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think if we're trying to be technical about it, then he would probably be in, in the batch of centers. Um, but if you were just trying to like finagle it to yeah. put your favorite people in the slots, then I could see sliding AD in there. Hmm. Um. Damn. Well, if I can't finagle, then AD probably misses it, and Sabonis gets that third center spot. I think Sabonis has earned that third center spot. Yeah. Probably got to be Sabonis, quite honestly. But yeah, I'd put Sabonis over AD, but I would put AD there at forward. But if I can't do that, I will put. Um, um, I'll put Larry Markin in on the second team. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. Wow. Yeah, I love. I love it. It's. I feel like Laurie just he drove the narrative for the first quarter of the year. I mean, what a what a year. I th- I think he's uh he's definitely in the running for that MIP. Yeah. Um, MI poi. The MI, the MI boy, <laughs> the me point. Um, and yeah, he's, he's definitely, he's definitely stepping up. Um, I'm not sure like where to like, where does LeBron mm-hmm. potentially land? Uh, I, I guess, I don't know like how many games Durant missed this year, but like he's had an incredible season whenever he's been on the floor. Jalen Brown is another one. Like there's a lot, there's, yeah. there's too much talent in this league. I would qualify Brown as a forward because he he really does play. He's he's eligible as forward. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. John, any changes to that second team? Um. No, I'm good with that. I would I would maybe um, and if we're going depending again a games played thing is big, but I would maybe put Curry up there mm. just because um, I don't know. He's like so incredible still yeah. when he's yeah. out there and yeah. so dominant. But I don't want to take any, anything away from Fox because like he he's had a hell of a year, hell of a clutch year. Um, so and Curry's got a bunch of them. So yeah. you know, put him on. <laughs> He'll make the third team. Yeah. All right. So third team, Sabonis is center. We got Steph. I'm putting Brunson on there. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. And then Randall at forward. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, Grimes <laughs> is the other forward. I'll just do the Homer thing, and I'll swap in uh, Garland and Mobley at the Garden forward. All right. <laughs> um, okay, so you, so uh, Homer Sheck, you've got <laughs> Steph, Garland, Mobley, Sabonis, and who's your other forward? Isaac Okoro. Okay. <laughs> the D. You can't spell three and D without D. <laughs> Who would be your other forward if you had to pick one? 
Not for me or John. For you, Ethan. Oh, oh boy. Um, I'm not. I'm not letting you take. I'm not looking at a list right now, so I'm like, oh gosh, who else? Who else am I forgetting? I mean, uh, if I guess if Brown hasn't been on one yet, it might be him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but part of me is like, am I forgetting one? Did uh, did we put Durant on the the second one? No, we put Lowry okay. and Jimmy Butler. Oh, Lowry and Butler. Okay, then. Uh, than LeBron. <laughs> okay. So LeBron, um, Mobley, Sabonis, Garland, and Curry. Garland. Uh, it will be the Cavs starting lineup in 2026. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, who's your third team? Assuming Steph's on. Uh, I would go with um, Sabonis, uh, Brown, um, and... I don't know if I would go with. Yeah, I guess I guess I'd reluctantly go with Durant because he's been he's been awesome when he's when he's played. Um, Booker maybe at guard. Oh yeah, yeah. And because again, he's missed a lot of games too. Mm-hmm. But True. Um, and then um, man, I wish Halliburton hadn't tailed off. Um, he looked like he looked like he was on the path to third team at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, well, you, did st- you did, uh, as your other guard, you did, um, Booker, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Steph, oh, but Steph that's right. Steph was on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you so did I'm good. Steph Booker, Sabonis, Jalen Brown, and Durant. Right. Also, I'll throw in, if I wasn't going Homer, I, I might swap, uh, then, then Garland probably swapped out for Lillard. Okay, I like that too, yeah. I mean, yeah, Lillard was great. I will do Steph and Brunson, um, Sabonis, and then I'll do Jalen Brown and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi was great this year. It, I mean, great. F- 52 games, but he was great. Uh, playoff P was not regular season P for a lot of the regular season, so he had to carry that team. And uh, he had to deal with Westbrook, though Westbrook's been okay for them. He, he lobbied for Westbrook, and this is not a GM award. So I'm going with Kawhi there. Ah. Oh, no, you guys. I just looked, and the voting closed already. Our votes don't count. What? Oh, son of a. Oh, my God. Did they announce the teams, or did they just closed the voting? No, they don't they announce anything until, like, the end yeah. of June now Jeez. or whatever, right? So maybe they, that's just MVP. Maybe they do like all NBA teams before then, but I, I, I yeah. definitely, I think it's all late June now. Ever since they started doing that like award show thing, which I don't know if they've continued doing, oh, but they did it at least once. And I, and like now I'm like completely lost as to how the process works. But yeah, just voting closed. All right. Well, we didn't get our ballots in, and that's how Trump became president. <laughs> In a swing state of Ohio. Uh, yeah, I was like, Cleveland played a part in that for sure. <laughs> well, well, everything around Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he probably makes second team, right? Uh, Trump? Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Uh, uh, big gross. body. Get, get big, <laughs> big, body. big ass. He can, he can block out. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, gross. So gross. Um. Yeah, he'll make uh, first team all prison, hopefully. Ha! All right. 
Ethan, you got anything to plug? Um, not really. Go Cavs. I hope it's a fun series. Um, and uh, I guess, and I can't really, uh, I, we just said the votes are closed, so I can't really campaign for Mobley yeah. from this uh, very important pedestal here. Um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, go out and support your local drag queens because they're under attack. Yeah. Tip well. John? Uh no, I mean it's it's been a it's been a disappointing year to say the least as a Rockets fan, but but there is a there's a rumor out there that we're gonna get Nick Nurse. Mm. I don't know if you guys have like heard those rumblings. And then there's another rumor that we're gonna get Victor Wimbanyama. No, that's not a rumor. <laughs> that's more just a fourteen yeah. percent chance. But um I would like I would love it if Houston reclaimed its spot as the most popular team in the world um, that it held for, oh, yeah. I don't know, a decade and a half. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's make this happen. I'm, I'm psyched about the playoffs. No horse in the race except no Phoenix, no Boston. And, um, yeah, let's, let's see. All right. And uh, my only plug is to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams, and may the rest of your days be days of thunder.